to Theatre Club Podcast. We bring you theatre news, theatre reviews, and theatre themed booze. Welcome back to another episode of Theatre Club Podcast. Episode 101. I know, we're in already halfway through Feb. We've only done two episodes this year, but that's fine. It's been a slow start to the year. We only have one review in this episode, but it's a good one. It's Shakespeare's King Lear, an epic play. Shakespeare. Shakespeare, and it's on a new Almeida production. They do great Shakespeare productions. This is their new production of King Lear, which has just opened last week. We went to see it, so we'll review that. I also went to see Abba Voyage, which is not technically theatre, but it's it's a, theater, a theatrical experience. Mm, um, I'll tell you about that as well. Not going to do a cocktail this episode, which I feel bad about because we have not done our theatre-themed booze for a little while. Um, we just keep recording at inopportune times where one of us is Why driving. Why don't we pretend we're doing dry January? Oh, we should have done we that. We should have pretend we're doing, doing dry January. Because we've not done our theatre-themed no. booze for a little while. Usually we do our themed cocktail. I used to like coming up with those. So I must, must January and February with... are just for hibernating. That's true. You know, we're not in the we're not in the drinking kind of mood anymore. Okay, March March episodes of Theatre Club Podcast, I will get us back on the cocktails. Okay. So we're not so dry. Yeah, people are probably listening to the missing the sounds of of clinking, slurping. Slurping and clinking glasses. <laughs> Anyone with misophonia is probably loving that we're not doing cocktails anymore. What's misophonia? Misophonia is when you hate the like sound of certain things and it's often like mouth sounds you know sarah silverman oh she yeah, doesn't she, she have misophonia and she hates listening to people, people eat, eat or like yeah. the sound of people chewing yeah so that's probably i think we actually do quite well with our cocktails to like lean back for the sip yeah i think we, we don't have the we don't have the mic good microphones <laughs> no, luckily we don't have good enough mic <laughs> we don't have the equipment to pick it to up to really pick it up just a lot of rim noise <laughs> just a lot of Buses going outside my house or whatever it used to be when I lived in state police yeah. sirens. And uh, it might be creaking floorboards this episode because we are back at our mum's house and we're doing this in the kitchen. And she's up in her room at the moment and you do tend to hear the like, as people walk about. So if you hear that, that's what that is. There's also two cats here. So if you hear meows, things being knocked off sideboards, we have two badly behaved cats. Yeah. Um, but, okay, let's crack on with the episode and let's start with your top tip. Well, we have just booked to see this musical called Why Am I So Single? from the writers of Six, which we loved. <gasps> yes. How many times do you think we've been to see Six? I have been a couple, I think three times in London maybe and once when I went down to Brighton to see it. So I think four times I've seen it. Maybe five, actually. I think I've seen it three. We yeah, love we love, love that musical. musical. So it's from the writers of Six, Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss. And this is their new musical called Why Am I So Single? And the blurb on the website says, it's a big fancy musical where two friends' lonely little lives are transformed into an all-singing, all-dancing extravaganza about love, dating, friendship and bees. <laughs> so this has got actually two... The two people starring in this, one of them is from Six and one of them is from Anne Juliet. Oh, who, what are their names? Let's have I one. didn't know any cast had been announced when we booked it. I thought it was just, um, that's exciting. Oh, so Joe Foster is from Anne Juliet and Lisa Tully is from the Six UK tour. Oh, maybe I saw her in that when I saw it in Brighton. Interesting. Okay. So they're gonna st- they will star in it as the two best friends and I think... 
What was the other thing that I read that I thought was quite interesting? Oh, I hadn't realised that they also did Hot Gay Time Machine. Hot Gay Time Machine. Oh, uh, yes, Lucy directed it. Toby starred in it as well. Yes, yeah, so they collaborated. Yes, that was on so it. much fun. Yeah, I was really um, really sad that I didn't get to see that. Yeah, that was great. I think they're just so yeah, so much fun as writers and just have a young, fresh take on things. So to see their first big new musical since Six is really exciting. So it opens in August, so it opens this summer, and it um, runs at the Garrick Theatre until February. So quite a quite That's a long run. That's a good run, run yeah. Very and end of August, isn't it? Yes, and what we were when we ha- went to book our tickets yesterday, you were saying it's really rare now to get decent preview prices. You used to be able to get really cheap tickets for a preview, and now in the West End they're like ten pounds cheaper. It's not yeah. that big a deal. So a preview basically means for anyone that doesn't know, the first kind of couple of weeks of the show are still technically previews, and then they have a press night where they invite the press to come and see it, and then they re- the reviews come out. But either way, they used to be cheaper because of that, and now they're really not. not. Whereas this, so the preview it starts the final week of August, and the press night's not until the thirteenth of September. So there's about three weeks of this one that are technically previews. So any tickets before the 13th of September, all of the stalls were like, the, the central block was only £60, and I think they've there'll be 100 or something on the main run. Wow. And the seats we got are 35 quid, like loads of the stalls and the first circle are £35, and I think they're going to go up to about 70 to 80, or 90 even I saw, like in the it's main run. double. Yeah, so it's if, if you can get preview tickets any date from up until 13th of September, book it now get those because they're really good value however garrick theater the upper circle just look on look at pictures of the garrick the upper circle is shaped like a horseshoe so if you sit on the end seats in the upper circle you're just looking across the theater to the other side of the circle they're terrible so just be warned about the upper circle seats on the side are terrible in the upper circle of the garrick heed our warning so excited for this so that's my top tip of the week why am i so single book your tickets now because i think the full title is not isn't does it not have a colon isn't it why am i so single colon a big fancy musical oh maybe it is oh you're right why am i so single a big fancy musical i guess they're just trying to tell us what it is on the box already gives you that tongue-in-cheek that's kind of their thing you know yeah i love it love it love it love it that's so exciting i know so let's review our show our one show that we went to see um, slow start to the air, but this was one we were excited for. This is King Lear at the Almeida Theatre. The Almeida Theatre has brought us many great Shakespeare adaptations. Richard III that we saw with Ray Fiennes. That was amazing. Hamlet with Andrew Scott. We've seen some great stuff there. And this production of King Lear is directed by Yale Farber, who we saw her production of Blood Wedding at the Young Vic, which we loved. Um, so she's obviously a very talented director. She's done some huge, big shows. So that was... Oh, she did Macbeth last year with Saoirse Ronan. Oh, I didn't get to see that. Nor did I, and I was actually it sold. You, ca- you could not get a ticket for that. Yeah, so we booked this one um, so as not to be disappointed this time. Um, this one stars, as King Lear, uh, Danny Sapini, Zapani, and he's a British actor. He's done lots of Shakespeare. He's done lots of TV stuff, um... Yeah, a very well-known actor, and this is obviously a big role, playing King Lear. It's mm. one of the big, the Shakespeare greats. And King, have you seen or read King Lear before we saw this? No. I did it at school. So King Lear is basically about a British king, I think it's set in the UK, and he's got three daughters. He decides to divide his kingdom up between the three of them, 
that they must each kind of profess their love for him. And so the first two daughters, Goneril and Regan, do so, and they, the kingdom gets given to them and their, their husbands. And then his third unmarried daughter, Cordelia, she says, I'm not going to do that. I love you as, you know, I, I don't need to profess my love to you. I love you as much as I should. I'm not going to do some big... And then, so he banishes her. And then it sort of turns out that the two daughters he did entrust his kingdom to turn their backs on him. And he's sort of cast out into the wilderness and goes mad. And so basically this is all about power. It's one of those, you know, a Game of Thrones style Mm. power games, family, the worst kind of family drama you could possibly have. And it's a long play. So that's the very, very bare bones of the story. We also have an illegitimate son of the Duke of Gloucester. We also have the King of France. You know, there's lots of other interweaving strands going into this. It's it's one of the longer plays. Obviously, Macbeth is known as the shortest Shakespeare. This is up there as one of the longer ones. A lot of story to get through. Yeah. And this production is three and a half hours. Trigger warning for anyone who... (laughs) But it does start at 7pm. Also worth knowing. And the the matinees are at two. So yeah, it starts early because it's long and the first act is two hours. But you know, Hamlet also a long play. So sometimes it's nice to get your teeth stuck into a good yes. meaty Shakespeare. Yeah, or any some plays like The Ferryman was three, three and a half, exactly. I think, and it flew by. Yeah, and I would actually say that this, so I think this was a really good production, and it, it didn't drag, even though it's quite dark. And mm-hmm. Yale Farber has, for all, well, from Blood Wedding, that's the only, ref, I think the only show I've had I've seen, she does have quite a, not dark style, but it's quite, it's brooding, it's mm. foreboding atmosphere. Yeah, I thought she does... Yale Farber does great sets, great lighting. She really uses... I like there was some... There's a big storm in it and they had these... The storm was done really well. The storm was done really well. Just like these curtains at the top, metal... What was it? Like a... Like chain... You call that chain mail? Like chain metal mail. curtain. And they were just like kind of running their hands across them. It made it just the great atmosphere. I love that bit. And the use of live music in this, very minimal, but they had two of the actors also played violin and they mm, sort of played these really haunting string chords, yeah. which was good. And that was similar to Blood Wedding. They had, um, remember there was the character that sort of was singing in a kind of mythical chant. This yeah. had a similar, and some of the characters in this did that sort of, wistful echoey singing and use of mics to create different voice tones and echo so it's a very atmospheric production um what did you think just of the story of king Lear generally was it i didn't really understand it i found Mm. it really confusing i enjoyed it i was never bored um the acting is phenomenal the other person that we should mention that i thought was great was um frothy yes so frothy is um, an actor that we've seen in The Ferryman. The Ferryman. He's also in the film Animals. Oh yes, that was that film. I was trying to think of that film. That was good. That was really good. Um, and also he was in Cabaret, but we didn't see him in Cabaret last year. But he, he was it last year or the year before? He took over for a little while as the MC and uh, was apparently very good. Yeah, I really enjoy watching him. He was very good. He plays the illegitimate son of the Earl of Gloucester, but I think. I had done a, like a little refresher read up and I would recommend anyone who's going to see it to do that because Shakespearean language can be hard to understand and the bit in which his father says explains that he's an illegitimate son it's done in a in in language that we might not know that would have been maybe clear to people back then he makes some reference to the bed that she lay in something yeah 
And if you miss that, that's quite important because that's a big part of his motivations throughout the piece are the fact that he is the illegitimate son. So that's why he betrays his brother. And so if you miss that, that's kind mm. of, you do miss things. So I think it is worth yeah, reading I, I just felt a like long I, synopsis. I just felt like, yeah, I miss a lot of the storyline. I also, I'm really, you know, I don't really like shouty stuff. I don't like people shouting, and there was mm-hmm. a lot of shouting, men shouting in this. Not in a bad way. I'm sure it was warranted and like used to. Yeah, no, effect, I do know what you mean. I, that kind of got. A, I was like, mm, could do well, without that. You have to save your shouts. I always think, like, yeah. until the point where you're like, whoa, that character is, like, it has to kind of hit you, like, oh my god. Whereas if they're shouting kind of from the off, loses power when they really need it. Yeah. Which I do. You're. I think you're right. I think I felt that a few times early on. Mm. I think if you really are somebody that really knows this text and wants to see, oh, let's see how this version is going to be done and you're following it along, I think you'd get a lot out of it and I think you'd really enjoy it. I just think for somebody... But, you know, that's that's my own fault. I should have read up before I went in and I also felt the same thing when I went to see La Strada, the ballet. I really should have rewatched the film. I should have known the text because you're not going to just get it when you're, the language barrier with Shakespeare or there is no language with dance. Mm-hmm. It's not like just going to see a regular play and being like, oh, I wonder what this is going to be. I'll figure it out. Yeah. You can't just figure out Shakespeare. No, I think, I mean, some, I think some of the bare bones of the piece are more understandable. But when it comes to actual character motivation, if it's not, if you haven't heard certain phrases, then you might miss it. Yeah. And I think... I think, yeah, the acting was really good across the board, but I do think there are maybe a few moments where that is the actor's job to deliver the line mm-hmm. so you understand it. Because I have mm-hmm. seen Shakespeare before where a performance can tell you, even if you miss the words. What was the one that we went to the Shakespeare? I feel like it was at the Almeida and they turned it into like a Las Vegas game show. I didn't see that. Oh. I think that was at Merchant of Venice that was or something. Merchant of Venice. I didn't see it. See, that I really enjoyed. I thought that the storyline with Edgar, who was... He was he he was the son that was cast out. He was the Gloucester's other son <laughs> that Farfree kind of betrayed. I thought that the in the second half, when he was out in the wilderness and he comes to his father's aid, when his father's now been blinded and he comes to him as a beggar man, so they don't know well, the father doesn't know that that's his son helping him. That story worked really well because it was kind of sim- a simple like an allegory, like that was easy to understand that dynamic that he was there helping the father that cast him out and he didn't know it was him and I thought that Matthew Tennyson who played Edgar was actually really good because in the first half I wasn't you know bowled over by that character or that performance because I guess all he was doing was kind of running away but in the second half I thought he was really good and I thought his delivery was one of the best I thought I heard what he was saying really clearly whereas some other people not always as much. And I felt but I felt like that characterization worked the best for me. I thought that dynamic was really well done. Mm. But I thought the weakest was Goneril and Reagan and their husbands. Wasn't always even though I'd read it and reread the synopsis, I I kind of missed their um motivations. Yeah. There were a few bits where I thought, wait, why is it that you're upset with Lear? Is it just that they wanted power or were they genuinely didn't want him, you know, there was a few bits there. I just remember them being more like clearly villainous when I read it at school. And this one, maybe they were trying to show a different side to them, mm. but I kind of missed what their motivation was. How evil were they? 
I don't know, that felt a little flat for me. I was expecting something more villainous. Maybe I thought, and I kind of, in my head, had Goneril and Regan as older, like more established women who were scheming. Um. Whereas this, maybe that was the idea. They were going for like a younger. So that that wasn't as good for me, but I thought the Edgar and Gloucester, I'm pretty sure it was Gloucester storyline, was really good. Mm. That the whole thing really just well. kind of washed over me, if I'm honest. I didn't really think about it after I'd left. I was a bit like, yeah. Yeah. Didn't love it. But glad that I went. Always good to see, I feel like it's good to see things that at the Almeida because it's such a nice theatre to go to and the seats are so reasonably priced that when I see something there that I didn't really enjoy, which I didn't really enjoy this, um, not that it wasn't good, I just personally for me, I don't care because I spent £15. So it's nothing, it's not like I've gone into the West End and I had to spend 40 quid going to a seat or 80 quid even. Yeah. And then you'd be really disappointed. What a waste of money. Mm-hmm. Like it's a gamble. Yeah. Whereas gambling with 15 pounds for an excellent seat. So we always sit. Well, in the circle. Yeah. In the circle, on the side. On the side, yeah. And is it like an excellent view? Yeah. I mean, you, this staging was really open. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you're kind of side on, but you could see everything. It's such a small theatre. That you're you're never far away from the action. Yeah. Speaking of things at the Almeida, just one to add is that coming up there's a new play that's just been announced called The Comeuppance. And this just caught my eye because it's written by Brandon Jacobs Jenkins, who did that play at the Donmar that we really liked called Oh, I'm gonna have to With, that with Monica Dolan. With Monica Dolan. It's so weird because when I was just talking earlier about when you just rock up and see something and you have no idea what it's about, that's what was coming into my head because I went to see that play and... Appropriate, it was appropriate, called. Appropriate, and it was about a family drama. They've gone to look at a house and the house had... Clear all, out an old house they've inherited. An house, and it's, it was amazing. Well, this sounds... Yeah, this is his... I don't know if it's his new play or one of his play. Yeah, it must be a new play because it's set in 2022. A group of friends gather hours before their high school reunion. 20 years have passed since graduation. Some have had children. Some have moved to the other side of the world. Some have been to war. But there's another presence in their midst. As they catch up and reminisce, it only takes a scratch from the scars of those school days to surface. So it's, yeah, it's all about... Very similar, it sounds, to the um, appropriate kind of people meeting back up old secrets slowly and I love those sorts of stories those sorts of plays where things slowly come to the fore and you can see it all kind of all the secrets and lies coming to the surface so and I what I really like is when there's like really deep character development you can see like mm -hmm. each character's got their own backstory and it's not just like on the surface and you feel like when you leave you're like you know that whole family or you know that group of friends really well yeah appropriate was a very funny play so I think we should book this. Brandon Jacob Jenkins, his new play. It's called The Comeuppance and it starts the 6th of April until the 18th of May. And I think tickets are on sale now. And yeah, you can get seats from £12.50 at the Almeida. In the stalls, the cheap seats are sometimes pillar obscured, like there's pillars, but they are thin pillars. And it's a small theatre, so you always feel close up. So I would just say, take a chance. Or 25 quid can get you a really good seat at the Almeida. So that's from that upcoming season. I think that is one to book just because we thought appropriate was such a well-written play. And this sounds cool. Oh yeah, let's definitely book that. Um, Oh, do you know what? That was, we only had the one play, but I went to see ABBA Voyage, which I've been calling ABBA Voyage this whole time. (laughs) I don't know why. Um, So it's, it's not exactly theatre. It's a hologram concert, a 
It's a performance of, of sorts. Yeah, so it's in this purpose-built arena called the ABBA Arena, the ABBA Voyage Arena in just outside Stratford, Piddermill Lane. And they've basically created a concert. ABBA got back together and they did that sort of motion capture technology where you put the little dots on their body and then they've re-performed all of their songs and then they digitally use that motion capture footage to create young versions of ABBA like back in the heyday in the 70s called avatars instead of avatars <laughs> and so they are sort of on this big screen and it's basically yeah it's kind of like a 3d you don't wear glasses but the screen has i don't really know how it works it, they're called holograms but it's not quite what i had imagined a hologram would be it's basically like a big cinema screen but you can kind of you can't see where it starts and finishes and they look really 3d and what I didn't know is that it's got a live band and live backing singers. So it does feel, it, that helps create the feeling that it's like a live thing. It's not, you know. That's a really good point, actually. It just makes it seem like a bit fuller. Yeah. You're not just watching, like, you could otherwise, you could just be watching a screen of. Yeah. And to begin with, I was like, okay, they look quite 3D, but I can kind of tell it's like a screen. But then as it goes on, you get on the sides of the big screen, you get kind of close up as if there was a camera, a steady cam on stage filming the concert. But obviously because it's digitally created, you don't actually even have to see the steady cam operator. It's all pre-done. So to match those close up images with the kind of them live on stage, so to speak, did create this illusion in your brain where you're like, they're there. it looks like they're there. And yeah, it was really good fun. The songs obviously of ABBA are great. Um, the audience was Hun Central. It was just, you know, obviously women, yeah. mostly women, gay men, sort of 40 and up, just having an absolute night out. So was people standing or sitting? So it's a seated arena and then standing in the middle. Okay. So you can get standing seats for, I think, £77. And we sat on the side of the arena for £55. We went for a slightly cheap seat. So were you standing up dancing and singing? Or? Yeah, we stood up for certain songs, which was good. The woman next to me stood up a little bit more and she was doing a sort of like classic mum dancing, so elbow heavy. Okay. Like a sort of swaying, fist pumping. So She's I did have like, to duck. Like you're doing aerobics in the water, kind of jostling. Exactly. So I had to do some like elbow dodging while I was sat, but obviously for like Waterloo and Dancing Queen, we all yeah. stood up. But I think it would be quite fun to go and stand down in the thing but yeah it's great and the lighting is really good so the actual like tech of the whole show it's not just watching out but they have like these lights that come I don't want to spoil it but the lighting's really cool it's an experience would you go again if it was some I know like you're not a mass you're a fan of ABBA but you're not you know they're not your uh, I would go again yeah and like I think the idea is obviously it will run for a long long time this is like tourist trap yeah. um it's made millions already so yeah in, in a couple of years time I would go again it's really good. I really like ABBA's music. I think it's really fun. Like, you forget yeah. just how good it is. And there was a couple of songs I didn't know, um, a few, like, more obscure album tracks and a couple from their new album. So that was quite fun. It is 90 minutes, an hour and a half. Straight through. Yeah, there's no, like... And they get you in really quickly. Obviously, they do, like, your bag checks, your, like, security scan, but that's done really quick. You just... And it's right outside Pudding Mill Lane Station, so you, you just straight in, get a drink, in you go, 90 minutes... Finishes at nine. Can you go in and out and get more drinks? Yep. Yeah. You can kind of just walk, you know, it's like a concert. 
Uh, I think there was, but it looked like, I don't know, just your usual stadium food. Yeah. Like hot dogs and stuff. Yeah. So I didn't eat there. But yeah, it was really good fun. I really liked it. I would go again. I might, if I went again, I would stand maybe and be in the party of it all with all the like women in the sequins. Like lots of people dressed up as ABBA and stuff. Oh, that is fun. So it was good. It was good, cheesy fun. Okay, that's Um, good. Yeah, it's a good night out. Obviously, you've got to be ready to be around lots of like Hindu-esque vibe mm. but you know it's... did you go on a weekend or a weekday went on a monday night and it was full wow and um everyone was having a great time so yeah highly recommend abba voyage not voyage. A vo- abba voyage, abba voyage. Uh, going to abba voyage avec uh, mi familia abba voyage it's great and for 55 quid i think i got a proper good good night out yeah um what have we got coming up for our next episode al Mm, what do we have coming up? We're going to see... Oh, Police Cops, the musical. Police Cops, the musical. It's which we keep talking about, but I've still not seen it, but it's your like show of last year. I'm so... I'm excited and I'm also a little bit nervous that they've changed it. I hope they haven't changed it because it was perfect when I saw it last year. Um, Standing at the Sky's Edge, last episode's top tip has now just begun its run, so we must get tickets for that. Oh, I wonder if that'll be on Today Ticks. It is on Today Ticks. I think it might be £30 day seats for that one. Ooh. Um, and what was the other thing I was trying to day seat? Oh, the new um, Jez Butterworth, who did The Ferryman, his new show, Hills of California, I think it's called. I was looking at day seats for that as well. I might try and day seat that, because that's supposed to be really good. Another three-hour play, but, or three and a half, but it's supposed to be great. We'll get something booked in for the next episode, but definitely police cops the mules call. so thanks for listening to another episode of theatre club podcast episode 101 oh yeah um and we'll be back soon and uh, follow us on instagram at theatre club podcast bye, bye.